Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another NBA Today, a Hoop Ball presentation. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at Corbin NBA. Check out Hoop Ball hoop-ball.com and on Twitter at hoopballtweets. And ladies and gentlemen, today I am pleased to introduce a guy you'll be seeing a lot of both here and just all across hoopball projects, uh, Mr. William Harris. William, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Corbin. Great to be here with you on NBA Today. I love your show and a uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Always down to talk hoops with people and you, you seem like a guy who knows this stuff, and I'm happy to have you on board. Um, but let's get started. We got a lot to kind of get to. Uh, today was the last day uh, for teams that were trying to make the first ever NBA play-in tournament, playoff, whatever you want to call it. Um, there was a couple teams whose future was riding in the balance heading into today. And that was the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Suns, and the Spurs, uh, two of which would have to go home, unfortunately. So business started pretty quick. Um, we're going to just breeze right over my Lakers getting killed by 14 to the Sacramento B team. But anyway, uh, moving right <laughs> along, um, the Memphis Grizzlies took care of their business against the Milwaukee B team pretty much, um, winning 119-106 behind uh, dual, dual <laughs> triple-doubles uh, from John Morant and Jonas Valanciunas. So that was one team that was secure. Phoenix took care of their business against Dallas. 120-102, Luka Doncic and other just notable Maverick starters only played the first half, so that kind of helped there. But Phoenix had to wait for the outcome of a game later on tonight um, after Memphis had won to kind of seal their fate. The Spurs needed either Memphis or Phoenix to let it go for them to have a chance. That did not happen, so the Spurs were pretty much eliminated from the moment they started playing their game against Utah. And they happen to lose that one, 118 to 112. The only good news out of that is that although their playoff streak has ended at 22 seasons, Coach Pop seems to be willing to continue coaching. As he was asked, you know, is he done? He said, what for? Or why Why would I leave? So he seems right. as someone who will continue to coach. That is great. And then lastly, you had the game of the night, Portland Trailblazers versus Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Karras is a vert, y'all. He was a problem, 37 points, 9 assists, but... There was just one bigger problem than him, and that was a certain Damian Lillard who dropped 42 points, 12 assists in a gritty winner-go-home game. Um, and now they'll have another winner-go-home against the Grizzlies. Um, and you know what? With all that being said, that was just a massive info dump on the NBA today. A couple <laughs> different games also happened. None of them really matter. They're all from teams that are either going home or Washington who happen to get a win over the Boston B team. So super great there. But William... Having gotten all of that, what was some notable games, moments, plays that stood out to you? Well, I mean, it was just really Damian Lillard, like, you know, just 
forcing his dominance on the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Um, they could not stop him. I mean, no matter what they were trying to do, I like. I love how they were trying everything they could though with the boxing one. The you know they they were as soon as he came up to court, double team him. So Damian Lillard had to do a lot of things creatively and pass the ball up you know, and hit the open man and make the correct plays. But then you could tell there was a point where he was like, okay, I cannot sleep at night. He even said this after the game. I can't sleep at night knowing that I just made all the right plays. I have to, you know, go out there and play my best and take, just take it. If they're not going to give it to me, I'm going to take it. And, uh, like, one of his most exciting plays that you'll see all over social media was when he shot the three-pointer from almost half court. It was amazing. I mean, he just forced his will all over the, the Nets. And uh, the Nets, super impressive. I mean, they've had a great showing from their young talent. A lot of guys we never heard of, <laughs> but they they play their hearts out. You'll see a lot of these guys back with the Nets and other teams next year. Um, I just love how they played. Uh, Timothy Luawo Cabral, I just call him TLC for short. I mean, he was making some amazing shots. Uh, you couldn't leave him for a second because he was making the three-pointers. Uh, Joe Harris couldn't leave him making three-pointers. Like, the Nets really uh, showed their worth. I mean, they beat the Bucks and the Clippers in this uh, bubble scenario, and they almost beat Portland. It was great. It was an amazing game. If you haven't seen it, you need to re-watch it. My fault. You're totally right, William. I mean, <laughs> it was tremendously validating both for Coach Jock Vaughn, who has done a great job with this the Nets team, and also the Nets in general not having uh, – Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, and playing as well as they have. Players have been forced into bigger roles. They have produced. They've done a well. This has to be a tremendous confidence boost for them, just knowing that they, you know, on the highest stage or all in big moments can come through and give anybody a run for their money. Um, Karis LeVert, especially after having an up-and-down season, tremendously gratifying how just great he's played down the stretch. And, yeah, just even running through this, TLC – has been on fire all this time in Orlando. 19, well-bound scoring. Tyler Johnson, 16 points. Garrett Temple had uh, 15. Um, Jared Allen, uh, Joe Harris, like you mentioned. And then, of course, Karis LeVert, you know, playing a point guard, 37 points on 55% shooting, six rebounds, assists. The dude was balling. And, and you know, we'll see a little bit more of them in the playoffs. They have a, a – in fact, I'm going to be going out of my way. I watch all of them. I'm sure you do as well. But just to take special notice – on this Brooklyn Nets team because they've they've made stuff happen um, and in a major way. So that'll be something to check out for sure. But going on to um, uh, Portland side, they've been just amazing. Damian Lillard on the mission, scoring just all the points, literally 125-something points over three games is just insanity. Um, you already mentioned that deep shot he took from the logo. He had another shot that went up 15 feet and dropped in to beat the Mavericks a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. The dude is playing out of his mind, and he's going to need to continue that because now, because the Suns and Spurs are going home this weekend, you are set up between a playing matchup between, of course, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers. And I'm going to throw this to you first, William. Aside from the obvious, Damian Lillard um, on one end and John Morant on the other, what players, matchups, um, factors are you looking into for these two teams? Right. Uh, it's unfortunate that Jaron Jackson Jr. is injured because I think that would have made it a lot more competitive uh, matchup. 
So you definitely want to look at the guard play. I mean, you got the youngster versus the veteran, John Morant versus Damian Lillard. And I mean, obviously, those are the two stars of the show. I love how Morant is playing. I just don't know if he's going to have that experience, you know, to come through in this type of pressurized game. But I also think CJ McCollum is going to be a big factor. He's playing right now. He's got some some broken bones, they say, in his back or yeah. just a small. But, you know, that, that worries me. But he made it through the game. Uh, at the end of the game, he guarded Karis LeVert on the final shot and, you know, forced him to a miss. Uh, he just he's he's playing, but I don't think he's playing like normal CJ McCollum. So if they do beat Memphis, I think they would need a healthy CJ McCollum to really scare the Lakers. But um, but but I think McCollum is the guy to watch out for. And uh, Dylan Brooks on the Memphis side, he can get you thirty good points, or he can get you thirty bad points with taking too many shots. Where he should be giving John Morant some of those shots instead. So. Those are the key matchups for me. I mean, you've nailed many that I was going to say myself. I totally agree. Um, Those are going to be key components. Bench play, um, whatever you can get from the bench. Uh, In Portland's case, just you want to have some guys that that can contribute some. But for Memphis to win, they're going to need other guys to step up as well, Um, especially playing, uh, you know, Damian Lillard and and a team in the Blazers that, let's be honest, had they been healthy, more than likely would not have been the situation. Um, and so right. the Grizzlies are going to tap in their young team, but they're going to have to dig deep and get some of their old resolve to kind of pull this one out. This has been an extended test of their adversity. Um, so far, they have not been up to the challenge, but, you know, they can always <laughs> kind of change that and turn it around. Um, the loss of Jaron Jackson, as you mentioned, is huge. Not having Justice Winslow is huge as well, or Josh Jackson mm-hmm. either. But Kyle yeah. Anderson's going to be looked at. Oh, Tyus Jones out too. Forgot about that. Kyle Anderson, Anthony Tolliver. The uh, Anthony Melton, Gorgie Jang, they're going to be guys that are going to need to step up and give the Grizzlies something in addition to Dylan Brooks playing more within himself and not playing like the star he isn't. Um, and he makes <laughs> it out with some solid shooting. And your, Jonas Valanciunas is going to have himself a time. I mean, in fact, all the Memphis bigs are because Zach Collins and Yusef Durkic, uh, along with the sign Whiteside, form a superior front court for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, and I, I would like to see Brandon Clark get a couple more opportunities, too. Yeah. I really like his game. You know, he's, he's a uh, young guy, but uh, he's got the talent. You know, he's not Jaron Jackson Jr., but he can put up some numbers. Exactly. You know, you, you nailed it. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that comes out. They have to make him, if not a feature player, someone who they can definitely go and say, all right, you know, take over down the stretch here, um, at least in conjunction with these other guys. Uh, like you said, John Moran, Jonas Valanciunas, having the triple-double that they had tonight, yeah, I guess, you know, the Bucks. Uh, let's just say second unit. You know, we're not expecting that moving forward, but they're going to have to bring something awfully darn close against the Blazers, and those two in particular, because they are the main people right now for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and again, if Dylan Brooks is playing within himself, I throw him in there as well. Right. Yeah, but with totally that being – Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> it's it's going to be pretty – Cut and dry on this. Uh, what what do you think, or who do you think is going to come out on top? All that being said, I would have to go with Portland. Uh, I think their scare was Brooklyn. I was worried about them for this game because everyone's like, "Oh, I can't wait for Portland and Phoenix and da da da." I'm like, they have to beat the Nets first. So I was hoping they wouldn't overlook the Nets. And uh, you know, you could say they did or didn't, but they they made it through. So I think the next game against Memphis, Memphis is just not deep enough, just not experienced enough. I would assume Portland would pull it off. 
I mean, I got to look at the same thing right there with you. I was hoping that the, they would get the Nets sleeping because, I mean, I knew the Nets were solid, you know, and I've been high on them since they've been in the bubble, and they've been just on fire. So I'm like, okay, give us one more game like you did against um, against the Clippers. And they came darn near close. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty impressed with what, with what was provided. But at the end of the day, you know, we I think the Grizzlies are shorthanded. It would have been nice to have seen – the Suns versus the Blazers, because I feel like the Suns could have offered the most resistance to Portland. Right now, I think of the Grizz as a minor speed bump. Um, They can play some inspired basketball and a sense of desperation they haven't pretty much all of the Orlando time. Then we might be in for something interesting. But I just don't see it, not just with the coaching, but also the personnel. Yeah, I think everyone was dying to see that matchup of Portland and Phoenix. And, you know, uh, it's 2020, so we never get what we want this year, so... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's been it's been a it's been a year, man. And across basketball, no exceptions. So um, Will and I are about to jump into the current NBA playoff matchups as they are constructed and kind of see what we expect. But before we do, just gotta let y'all know sports are back. We've all been waiting for this day since March, and now it's here. And guess what? Along with the NBA, really, really only thinking one thing here at Hoop Ball, and that's my bookie. My bookie has a combination of the home run, the slam dunk. The triple overtime game winning shot all wrapped into one. And guess what? Right now, along with odds on all your favorite teams, they have, and this is kind of cool here, a $10, free $10 MLB future wager if you're into baseball. Because if you join today, my book, you'll match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you that free $10 weight future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all together when signing up. And you can do it for baseball, you can do it for football, you can do it for basketball, hockey, you can go online, um, NBA 2K, they have a whole world <laughs> of online sports betting and online my bookie. I mean, there's so much to bet on, and you know, you can find a way to do that. You had the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest that had bets going online, and I did not go against Joey Chestnut, but you get where I'm coming from. All you gotta do to get on any of that action is enter the promo code HOOPBALL, I'll do it one more time for y'all, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. That sounds good to me. All right, with that being said, you know what else sounds good? Talking about the playoffs. And, Will, you know, we kind of have every series locked in but one. So I figured I'd kind of breeze through real quick each of these matchups um, just as they're arranged right now. And then we can kind of talk up kind of how we feel about each one. So right now, the only one that – oh, that sounds like a plan. Only one that's still – um, being looked out for is the Los Angeles Lakers, my team. We just waiting to see if it's going to be the Grizzlies or the Blazers. But let's go and start on the East side. You have number one, of course, Milwaukee playing the Orlando Magic. That seems like an NBA TV series to me. Um, you also have <laughs> the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets, which also could be right up there with them on NBA TV. In fact, if you remember a couple years ago, back when uh, the Nets had uh, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, and uh, Paul Pierce, that's exactly where that series was. So. That's fun. Um, number three, the cur- that matchup's intriguing. The Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and real quick, in the regular series season matchups, the Bucks beat the Magic all four times they played. Um, the Raptors beat the Nets three out of four times. The 76ers beat the Celtics three out of four times. Then you have a really intriguing matchup, the four and five, Miami Heat versus Indiana Pacers, where the Heat have won all three that they've played. And on the west side... You have the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks, which the Clippers have handled 3-0. The Denver Nuggets versus Utah Jazz, which 
the Nuggets have handled 3-0. The Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Houston Rockets with the Thunder are up 2-1 from the regular season. And then, of course, we have our um, one Lakers versus undetermined eight. So looking at all those matchups on both sides, playoffs start Monday, Will, what matchups are you personally intrigued to check out? And what storylines are you looking at? Well, honestly, I think I would have to go with the most competitive one, uh, which I think will be the Jazz and Nuggets. It may not Ooh. be the most interesting, you know, like a flashy game, but I think those teams are very well matched. Um, what stands out to me about all these matchups is unfortunate series of injuries. Like yeah. you got the Rockets, Rockets versus the Thunder, and that would have been the best matchup for me. But Westbrook is out with his quad injury, so that really dampens that. Uh, I mean, it might make it more interesting, though, because, I mean, they could go either way. Um, another one another one with the 76ers and the Celtics, uh, you know, Ben Simmons is out. And Embiid, what's up with his hand? Either way, I mean, I wish they had their full complement of players, and that would have been an amazing matchup. And then lastly, uh, the bubble MVP before he got, you know, slowed down at the end. TJ Warren has plantar fasciitis. That would have been an incredible matchup. Against the Heat, I mean, I, I think he'll still play, but I don't think he's going to be his, uh, you know, on-fire Orlando bubble T.J. Warren. So what do you think about my selection of the Jazz and Nuggets game? They were very solid. I am right there with you on that. The matchups are – it's unfortunate, but it kind of is what it is. Each one is just enough to impact the other. I think the Thunder versus Rockets, to me personally, is probably one of the more competitive ones, even without – Russell Westbrook, because you have the Rockets going in this all small ball area, you know, Russell Westbrook being a key factor here. But for the Thunder, outside of their top six, I don't really trust the rest of their team. And, I mean, you can probably get away with in the playoffs playing six players, but I, I wouldn't really stand for it. I don't really think that's wise. Um, and the Thunder have a lot of young guys who, you know, are going to have um, their first playoff exposure. Andre Roberson, his first playoff action in three years, um, you know, just guys like that that are kind of come into play. Whereas for the Rockets, hopefully you can get Russell Westbrook back, you know, in the first two games or so, um, because he is very important. Um, you know, with Austin, with Eric Gordon back, that is kind of a big help for the Rockets. Austin Rivers as well. You know, the dude went, and I got to talk about Austin Rivers for a split second, because <laughs> the dude went up and said, and I hate to do this, but I'm still going to do it. After he scored those 41 points against the Sacramento Kings, and mind you, real good sideline, 14 and 20, Six of 11 from three, six rebounds, four assists. He goes up and says, listen, I know I'm a premier scorer, but, you know, I got to play the role the team provides, yada, yada, yada. Dude averages nine points over his career on 41% shooting and 34% from three. Nine, two rebounds, two assists. That's his career. It's like, I don't know about you. Well, I'm not seeing somebody that screams premier score. Um, and then he follows that up. With 13 points against the Spurs and three points against the Pacers. And he played 30 minutes in. So, you know, I, he has a chance, a prime opportunity to step up and validate what he needs, what he's saying. Because if the Rockets need anything right now, alongside James Harden, they probably need a premier score. I don't think I'm stretching to say that. What do you think, Will? Yeah, uh, I heard you on your show a couple uh, shows ago, uh, kind of clowning him over those comments, and yes. I was like, "Oh, I, I want to push back a little bit. I want to push Let's back." And then he scored, 
and then he scores three points. So it's like I can't say anything. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm he telling you, did. I like Austin Rivers too. I know. I like him. I'm not gonna say I don't like him. dude. And hell of confidence in the NBA, that's great, man. But he ruined it. I mean, if the 13 points didn't get you, the three points in 31 yeah. minutes when you actually needed scoring did. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, because I was gonna say, you know, he's a great scoring talent coming out of college. He was highly projected. He was just with some wrong teams and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's it's I can't defend that three points though in 31 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's kind of rough. It's kind of rough. So hopefully he can step up. Maybe he can prove you right. You know, maybe he can tell, hey, listen, you know, had a couple bad games, happens to everybody, and bring back, you know, what the Rockets need. But I think that's going to be a real tight series. The Jazz and Nuggets will be, but I really don't think it'll be for long. I think the Nuggets pretty much have this handled over the Jazz. Overall collective talent and the fact that the Jazz are really, really, really missing Bojan Bajanovic. Um, and, and the fact that he's gone, you let you you are missing another offensive creator. You're missing another um, very good three point shooter. Um, Jordan Clarkson can replicate some of that, but his variance is all over the place. He's a lot more hot and cold, and you know you can't live and die by that because if you do, you're going to crash pretty hard. Um, so that one will be interesting, but I think that I, I don't. I'm putting up the nuggets more like I don't know, in like five or six on that one. I'm not seeing it as a seven game. Whereas the Rockets versus Thunder, I mean, I can see the Rockets blowing the Thunder out the gym once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will. Let me push back on you a little bit. You said it's only like six Thunder you trust. You can't trust more than five or six Rockets right now without Russ, right? Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. Well, <laughs> like, no, you that you that you make you make good point there on that one. Reason I I reason like people I trust, and I'm always bad about well, I'm very let's say I haven't said a lot, but just upset with how D'Antoni has shrunk the rotation because you don't have Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Robert Covington, P.J. Tucker, Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon, Daniel House. You're right, that's six. But you have to realize that Jeff Green has been playing really well as of late. And, you know, Jeff Green comes and goes. But the last three games, you know, he's averaging double figures this season with the Rockets he is. Um, He's been someone who unlocks another element of small ball being 6'8 and playing a little bigger than his size sometimes in the pick and roll, the pick and pop game. You know, he hasn't been gobbling rebounds like you like, but the fact that he's scoring and putting another uh, level up from that position offensively is good. Um, ben McLemore has been getting more minutes than I would like. Damari Cow has been getting less minutes than I would like. Um, and then uh, Luke Bamute is also on the team. So, I think you have guys that you can trust more because the guys that are sitting on the end of the bench, with the exception of Malcolmore, um, Bob Mute and Damari Cal have been through some wars. You know, you have that veteran experience. You have guys who have been there and know how to play. You know, Robert coming to PJ, PJ Tucker, your defenders. We have to hope that Eric Gordon um, can sustain some offense alongside Rivers. And you are still putting a lot of pressure on James Harden. But, I mean, yeah. they, the, the, the Thunder don't really have anyone to stay in front of James Harden at this point. Andre Roberson hasn't been doing that. His lateral quickness isn't what it was originally. Um, you had, um, um, I'm just getting mixed up, uh, Allegiance Dort, but he banged knees pretty yeah. bad, and he was their best defender on, like, premier guys, so that's something. Um, Hamadou Diallo can do it, but he gets into foul trouble too easily. Uh, Terrence Ferguson can, but I think not only does he have a similar issue sometimes, but last I took, he was injured as well. And after that, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to put Darius Baisley or Abdul Nader or Dennis. Whoa, 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 whoa! You you gonna leave Darius Baisley out like that? Listen, I like Darius Baisley, but we're <laughs> talking about James Harden. Shane Gilgis Alexander to me probably is the best effort, 
I mean, because, I mean, without Russell Westbrook there, you can probably put your better defender. Chris Paul can't do it right now. I mean, he can. All these guys on the Thunder are capable defenders, but, like, are they really going to stop James Harden from going off for 42 a night? Yeah, I, well, they're going to have to just let James Harden get his points and shut down everybody else. There's no stopping James Harden right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right, you're right. Unless you're the Clippers, and I think that's really about it. You ain't stopping <laughs> James Harden. Because I like my Lakers, and even we don't got the guns we need to kind of keep him in check. But, um, well, shoot, the Clippers don't even have it. I mean, and when they did, you know, Russell was going off. But the point being, Russell's not there right now. They're not playing the Clippers. So that is interesting. I, I will give you that. Um, But that's my pick for the most competitive on the West. But on the wait, East, wait, wait, wait. Okay, throw... okay. Let me ask you this question real quick. Yes, sir. <laughs> Who do you have winning that? Sounds like you got the Rockets. I do. I got Rockets in six. Okay, I got Thunder in seven. Well, I got to write this down. We need to make a little wager on this, Corbin. We do. I mean, listen, I may <laughs> plug my bookie, but I've never used a play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, you're right. We may just have to do that. We may <laughs> just have to do that. I, I, we got to figure okay, out now what exactly is, in- we got that. <laughs> That's the most interesting matchup now that we got this wager. All right. that that That's what I'm saying. I think I, that Clippers versus Mavericks might be the most fun just because the Mavericks offense is so high octane and, you know, all over the place. But I honestly don't see the Clippers having too much of an issue against them when it gets down to it. Um, and then aside from that, you know, you know, the Lakers, I mean, if it's Portland, I think that they'll be fine. I do. I think that Portland would give them a, a problems. And when I mean problems, I mean that the games would be relatively close and that Portland might take one or two. But bottom line, you know, the Lakers don't really have the personnel to really stick with Damian Lillard, uh, especially when he's been on the tear that he's been on. But the Portland Trailblazers do not have anybody worth a prayer or salt or both to defend LeBron James. Um, and then Anthony Davis, the same thing. Um, and also, even when, I mean, the Blazers did win one game against the Lakers, um, actually, you know, the, the, the game after uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. But even after that, um, they were still badly beaten on the it wasn't that far of a game. It took a monster Damian Lillard effort, and the Blazers were a terror in transition. Um, and that was because they were playing a lineup that was smaller and faster to compensate for the loss of Yusef Nurkic and Zach Collins. All that being level now, I doubt it. And the sad thing is, even with their bigs back against JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, I don't see the Blazers winning this battle. I mean, they got out rebounded by the Nets today. Yeah, I mean, you are a little biased, though, Corbin. <laughs> I, I, you know, you're definitely right about it. I am biased. I, I know. But, like, here's the thing. This is why I feel pretty good about it. I don't think you have to be – I don't think you have to be biased to see this, right? Like, there's not there's not really a case out there. Like, if you look up and down, I mean, you have to hope that LeBron's off, right? Like, not shooting right. That the guards for Los Angeles keep up their frigid shooting that they've had since they came into the bubble. You have to hope that Anthony Davis all of a sudden is just – totally held in check by Yusef Nurkic and Zach Collins. You have to hope that Damian Lillard can just go off supernova and sustain that after doing all these games and the play-in and, the, and then hope that you get um, great effort by C.J. McCollum playing with that fracture in his back and having Gary Trent Jr. go off as well. There's a lot of hopes and wishes and ands and buts. There, there's a lot of that, but also I think the Lakers' depth scares me. Like, you're relying on Deion Waiters. You know, Caruso is not really playing that well. 
you know, their backcourt and guards, are, they're a little scary until you get Rondo back. Yeah. Can Tavis I mean, Caldwell Pope? Is he, he's hurt right now, right? Uh, a little bit. He's playing kind of banged oh. up, but like what I'm, I mean, but he's still he's still good. You know, he he has he has, his he's kind of that guy that always gets those like Knicks. But if you're looking at okay, so you want to talk about the backcourt though, or the, the the backup for Portland after Dame, Carmelo, Nurkic, Collins, McCollum, Whiteside, Gary Trent, then you go to Anthony Simons, then you have Wayne Wendian Gabriel, which I've seen a little bit of, and then Nasir Little and uh, the Church of Mario Hazonia. Do you trust that? I, I think they got you on that for the Lakers. I think I think they they're one up on the guards over the Lakers. Oh, over who? Oh, <laughs> but listen, uh, yeah, don't 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 forget Carmelo Anthony. But Gary Trent has came into his own in this bubble. So I mean, he, he has, he has, he he's playing better than uh, Dion Waiters, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. You know, all those guys. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 uh, this is that would be what I'd make the wager on. Oh, if I knew how to even loop. We're gonna have to meet up in the uh, in the hoop ball group chat and talk this one out, bro. Right. This will be this will be interesting. I think you guys should win. I just think it depends on Anthony Davis. What was going on with him with those two games where he scored like six points and eight points? As long as he doesn't have those, mm-hmm. you should. But it'll be close. But you should win. Okay, well, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what's up. We're gonna see what's up. This is that's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah. But let me toss it to the to the east side while we're while we're still talking here. Um, you you which one between Milwaukee, Orlando, Toronto versus Brooklyn, Boston versus Philly, Miami versus Indiana? Are you favoring? I know you mentioned uh, Miami and Indiana a little bit in regards to TJ Warren, but what are you thinking on these? Yeah, because of the injuries, I would have to go with that one. Uh, I think T.J. Warren, he should be okay. But, I mean, you got to think, they're going to be playing with a bang-up T.J. Warren and uh, DeMontis Sabonis is out. If those two were there, oh, my God, this would be an incredible matchup. Uh, for the other matchups, um, you know, the the Magic don't really have a chance. The Nets, you would say offhand, they don't have a chance. But if they keep playing like they've been playing, you know, they can make it interesting, but no one thinks they're going to win. And so it's really only two matches to look for, Pacers and Heat and Sixers-Celtics. Both of those should be good. You know, I, I got to agree with you. That's Those are uh, those are pretty solid. Those are pretty I'm, solid. I'm interested so, to see. You know, uh, I love seeing Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown and their progression. And, you know, they just keep getting better, seems like, every game. So I like watching them play. I just wish Ben Simmons was healthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even then, I think with Joel Embiid and, and um, Al Horford and others, that they could be swallowed up big-wise, you know? So yeah. that that's one thing that I'm uh, intrigued by. But you're right, those 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 forwards, and it's really just them, as long as Gordon Hayward stays in, those forwards are all very, very good between, you, like you said, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. They can all, I mean, they, they are, I think, the first Eastern Conference team since the 76ers in the 80s have three players average 20 points a game. One of those was uh, Kemba Walker, if I remember. The point being, it's um, it, it's something else. It's something else. Yeah, his, his health is intriguing, too. Uh, Kemba's not 100%. So, you know, everyone, I, I just wish everyone would get healthy. Just there needs to be some magic pill so everyone's healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm, right? It, it's something else, man. It's something else. I, I, I'm just, whew. 
<laughs> that it's, it's one of those what ifs, you know, and looking at this playoffs, yeah. there's a few that are like, well, dang, you know, ideally if this was October, you know, when the, the days were good and it was still 2019, you know, these, these matches would have been nice. But, right. yeah, here we are here. But, listen, we're going to have the – there's a lot to delve into. I think we'll have more, you know, deeper dives as we kind of get some games into us and everything here. But um, before we start, I mean, I, I, you have any more comments to add on these playoffs here, Will? Uh, playoffs, really, We I think we covered it all. Um, the second round is going to be incredible because this is going to be the top tier, top of the top. I mean, I just – I just want to say I love this bubble, you know, especially the first five or six games. It was just incredible. You know, of course, the NBA, they start resting players, injuries build up around the last two games. But this bubble has been incredible. Adam Silver has done an amazing job. And every league should take notice, you know, you're going to have to have some type of format like this if you want your season to continue. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those that, listen... (laughs) These aren't going to be easy, you know, and like you said, I can't wait to break down the second round because some of these right here seem pretty easy. I mean, we can both kind of go up and down and make our picks right now if we wanted to. In fact, let's just kind of run through it. I'm I'm going to be quick on mine, and then we'll have to hold it to it. And I think, you know, if we learn some tips and get some intriguing second round matchups, then the wages will simply have to come. But for Eastern Conference, Milwaukee versus Orlando, I'm not even going to try to go by how many games, but Milwaukee easy. I would lean towards a sweep. Toronto versus Brooklyn. I say Brooklyn gets one, but you say Toronto, right? Yeah, Toronto should win that in five. All right, there we go. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm not locking it down yet. These are just our options. <laughs> we, can, we can refine these if we want in the chat, you know, and then share okay. them on Twitter later. So we're not holding fast. <laughs> it's late for both of us out here right now. Um, between Boston and Philly, I want to see what you think because I'm actually going to lean Boston. Oh, yeah, I have to go with Boston with no Ben Simmons. Exactly. You need a elite defender for those wings, and you don't have that now. And I'm sorry, Shake Milton is not shaking or inspiring fear from me here. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to go Boston as well. Miami versus Indiana actually doesn't seem to be that close. I, I wish that T.J. Warren was healthy, but even so, the loss of DeMontis Sabonis has been rough. And uh, – it's Victor Oladipo. Not only has he not been the same, but I fear that he won't be the same. Probably a different story mm. for another episode of the podcast, but that's where I'm at. And with that being said is why I'm picking Miami pretty easily. Yeah, you have to. Like, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, no, that could be tough. But then, yeah, yeah, Miami. Miami is a championship contender. I mean, they have everything you want and need in a team to make it to the finals. So you have to go with Miami. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's that's all picks for the East on the West side. Uh, we pretty much both agreed on Los Angeles over Portland, or uh, we're assuming that they make it. Me and you have a disagreement on how close it'll be, but that'll be fun to look back on, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan there. Uh, Clippers versus Dallas. I mean, do we really got to go into this one? Right. I mean, Luke has been playing amazing, but it's the Clippers. There it is. Exactly. And by the way, in the three games the Clippers won, only one was close. That was the second one that was within three. The other ones have been 15 or more. Or uh, 14 or more, so that's been pretty rough. Uh, Denver versus Utah. Now, you said this would be a tight one. Um, I'm going with Denver, or where are you going? You know what? I'm going to take the upset and go with Utah. Whoa. Say, Don- <laughs> say, I, I mean, I'm a Donovan Mitchell guy. I just believe in his talent. And I think Denver, with the injuries, uh, can we expect Michael Porter Jr. to continue playing like this in the playoffs? He could. That's I true. don't know. You know, no right. Gary Harris, no Will Barton. They may come back at some point during the 
uh, playoffs, but when they come back, they could ruin the chemistry also of this team that they're they're playing all the young guys. So, and Jamal Murray is not even a hundred percent. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna take a sneaky pick and go with Utah. I feel it. I'm not. I'm not okay. That's gonna be something to look intrigued by this one. Now I'm keeping close eye on that. Now we get to OKC versus Houston. I picked Houston. Where are you going? I'm gonna go with another sneaky pick and go with OKC. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Chris Paul, you know, he, he's the type of player that just refuses to lose. And, I mean, with no Russell Westbrook, I think he can lead this young team past the Rockets. It's unfortunate that Rush, Westbrook's not there. If he was there, I would pick Houston. I feel it. I, I guess I'm just banking on the fact that um, we get Westbrook back sooner than later. I think maybe two games or so. The dude is an athletic freak and honestly a freak of nature when it comes to just his health. And so I, I hope that that's something that we see pretty soon. But that would be I, interesting. I do, um, I do hope he. I hope he comes back uh, as soon as possible too. Yeah. No, we need it. We need Russ for a good series. A lot of the storylines come up into play with this, so we're we're gonna have to definitely check that out. Um, and then that's pretty much it for the West side too. So you basically got our picks here. For both initial first round matchups on each conference, will you got any more thoughts on that before we get oh, to yeah, what one, I've been reading? One, one quick thought for you: Who Let's is your it. bubble MVP? Because I mean, it's pretty much wrap. Uh, oh, it's like a couple more games tomorrow, but it's pretty much solidified. Who's your bubble MVP? I don't uh, want to hear no. I don't want to hear no Laker come out of your mouth. <laughs> listen, I, even if I wanted to, I really can't. You know. I'm going to have to go I'm going to have to go with Dame. It would have been a little tighter. TJ Warren had a place for me. Devin Booker with that big shot and the way he's played had a place for me, but Damian Lillard, I mean the storyline is there and the way he's been playing to kind of drag this out. I mean drag his team into the position they're in right now. It it, it has to be him. So I think I think um I think we have to go with um, we have to go with D- Damian Lillard. Even if I'm not a, a biggest fan of him, just the way he's been playing for that sustained <laughs> stretch. And it's nothing I don't. It's not like I anything don't like about him. He's just not my favorite guy. But what, you got to respect, real, recognize, real. In that case, I'm not saying I'm real, but he is. And there we are. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with you on that. It did seem like a little shade there, but yeah, it has to be Dame for the MVP. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit, you know what I mean? But the way he's been playing, he deserves this, you know? Definitely. So there we go there. All right, well, I'm going to get to next quick little segment, what I'm reading, also what I'm watching, what I'm whatever. Uh, we're going to get Will on the act on this too. If you see something that you're into, you know, when he's in here, he he read something he liked or, you know, watched a game or something. Pretty much basketball related, of course. I mean, it is NBA today, but the basic concept is, is there. Um, And then for me, it's really two different articles. So one, um, Jake Painting did a great draft write-up on Tyrese Halliburton. That is well worth a read. Um, I'll be talking draft more uh, as we get to as we get into that part of the season. But so far, Jake has done a few of these, and each one is well worth the time. So definitely make sure to check him out at Jake Painting um, on Twitter at Jake Painting J A K E P A Y N T I N G. Uh, definitely make sure to check out his draft write-ups. They're, they're really, really good. Um, and then also a piece on the Phoenix Suns. You can check this up on uh, Uprock, Dime Uprocks, and this was by Jackson Frank. was really good. Uh, Jackson definitely knows how to write. Uh, use of, of video to really show the improvement 
of Mikel Bridges, and that's what this whole piece is about. Really good piece describing the improvement that he has made um, and how he's getting better and actually clearly marking the ways that he's improved. Jackson Frank is also one of the best writers out there. Um, a lot of draft stuff he does, but he also does general NBA. Just a really good writer, um, and you definitely want to make sure that you check him out, getting his Twitter right now for you to kind of see what he's all about. Um, but the piece, I, I really just enjoyed how he described someone who, for Phoenix, you know, they're going home, but they've been really, really solid. Going 8-0 obviously is no small feat, but the fact that they've been able to do it in the way that they have by internal improvement from their bench, from um, from Jaron Jackson. I'm not from Jaron Jackson. I'm just totally losing my mind here. From their bench, <laughs> from Javon Carter. I'm tired. That's what it is. From the Javon Carter and Cam Payton, Cam Payton and others that have really um, – or Cameron Payne. Jeez, Louise, man, and others. <laughs> I'm tired, man. It's been crazy. Basically, the Suns bench improved. Devin Booker played great. The Suns are competent again. They can go home with their head held high. And follow Jackson Frank at JackFrank underscore JJF. That's again at JackFrank underscore JJF. And then for Jake at Jake, J-A-K-E-P-A-Y-N-T-I-N-G for what I've been reading. But you got anything else, William, before we log off for the night here? Uh, another thing I listen to every now and then, you know, it's the Hoop Ball affiliate, uh, NBA DFS today. Uh, Mike and Santino normally host that. Yes. It's a great pod, especially if you love DFS. Everybody loves to play DFS every now and then on DraftKings, FanDuel, or even my bookies. You know, you can check out some stuff over there that they can help you with. So, uh, yeah, I love the show, uh, NBA DFS today. There you go. Check out our podcast, brothers. Supporting each other. Thank you, Will, for that. So you got what we've been reading. You got what we've been listening to. You know, as we get stuff, we'll definitely keep you posted here on NBA Today. But, um, Will, you got any last words before we sign out here? Can't wait for the playoffs. Uh, It's been a great, great bubble. I'm just happy we got basketball. (laughs) Hey, you totally right about that, man. Right on. Will, thanks. Corbin, 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 Corbin. One one thing did just pop to mind. The NBA is now allowing, you know, families and friends to visit the bubble. You think that's a good idea, bad idea, or what? I, honestly, at first I thought, oh, it would be a distraction. You know, they need, to be, they need to be locked in, yada, yada. But I actually think it is a good idea. For one, these guys have been away from their families. You know, it's it, the, the they are players at the end of the day. You know, we look at, like, we call it the product on the floor, assets. We use so many words to, you know, just watch the game. But at the end of the day, they're people, and, you know, they're away from their children. We've had a lot of newborns recently. They're away from their wives, their girlfriends, whatever the case may be. And when you have a situation like that, you know, it, it's a family thing. You know, you're, you're isolated for so long that that can't do, you know, real good things to people. So um, I, I think it will be good, you know, just to have them. I think if it's the playoffs, you know, you have family then, too. You, you have to be locked in. Like, yes, you'll be able to be with your family, but these players don't know how to uh, compartmentalize being with their family and, and, and playing high-level, high-stakes basketball, then they probably shouldn't be there to begin with. So I have no problem with the professionalism that they'll have to have, but I think it'll do better for their moods. And, I mean, we've seen a lot of testosterone kind of little tips and stuff going on because these guys, yeah. I mean, let's be real, they, they need their people, you know? So uh, I actually think it'll be okay. I agree with everything you said. My just one small concern is they're going to have to test them like, you know, 100% all the time. We don't want anyone coming in there 
with COVID, and then the whole season gets shut down. Nope, that is true. They're going to have to be a lot more diligent, and there's going to be a massive test on how the NBA can sustain this now when you're right. outside just the players and personnel. I definitely agree with you there, Will. I appreciate that, man. What about, I mean, that's the take we need here. <laughs> right, so, but uh, for, for Will and myself, that'll do it here for NBA Today. We'll be coming back at you real soon. But until then, definitely make sure to stay frosty. Check out uh, the hoop ball promo code for my bookie. And also, look at yourself with the Lawnmower 3.0. We have a partnership with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BRUSKI at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code BRUSKI, B-R-U-S-K-I. And uh, that'll do it here for us on NBA T today, folks. Uh, I'll see you We'll see you real, real soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.